This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Before before we start the, the actual discussion on the game... I just I was thinking earlier and I put it in the um back of the nest chat and it, it fell on absolutely deaf ears. Um absolutely no take whatsoever other than Nick who just shot it down uh, instantly with a sniper. Um but it did occur to me that if we lost the tenth season, because I was like, Oh, it's twenty five points now, we're we're doing all right. Are we the most successful, unsuccessful Premier League sides since the Premier League began? Has there been another team that stayed for 10 years and not... You know how some of the teams like do really well and then just go back down? Or like Stoke lasted a while. Have we outlasted them? Is there any other team that lasted longer that haven't even finished in the top half? Great question. Don't know. I can look it up. <laughs> yeah, I think, we'll have, I think we'll have to do a bit of a recce for next week. But, um, that's, a great, that's a great question. Yeah. I was, the thing is, Mike... Uh, it's a really good point, but I still think that, you know, being who we are, it still makes it, it, still makes it the most successful ever for Palace. So I, I definitely got what you got where you're going with that. But um, I think that, I mean, for us, this has actually not been that unsuccessful, but I definitely know what you're talking about as far as like... Oh, not- I say unsuccessful, like um, tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> yeah. because if you, if you look, like, for example, how many Twitter followers the main account has got in the last, oh, I don't know, say three, four years, you know, it's it's maybe trebled. Um, and, and you see Palace fans all over the place, down by the coast now. Um, you know, you, you, wouldn't dream, so, you wouldn't dream of seeing kids turn out to be Palace fans when I was a kid in Croydon, but now they all are. So it, it, it's as a result of this staying where we are. And the longer we do it, the more we, the club has been set for decades to come because we're going to have parents just making their kids Palace fans forevermore. Um, so are we the most successful, unsuccessful club? Yeah, not in any harsh way whatsoever. I can only think of Stoke as another team that maybe lasted as long. Um, unfortunately, Brighton looking like they're going to, Stay a while too, but um, yeah, let's let's do a bit of a recce for next week, shall we? Um, shall we do a show as well? This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans. 
Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm your host Mike and I'm joined by Patrick and Cara as we look back at what can only be described as a slightly lucky one-all home draw against Brighton. Uh, right, let's uh, let's have a quick chat with uh, with our panel this evening. Patrick, how are you feeling? How are you doing? How's your week been? I'm okay. I want to give a shout out to Nick Gallardin's birthday today. Yes, a uh, hundred years old. <laughs> and mine is mine is Wednesday. I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of February birthdays. Mine was last week as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next month of the year. Oh, well, um, <laughs> not weather-wise, but yeah, otherwise. Okay, well, happy birthday, Nick. Uh, he's on holiday in Scotland because uh, it's well worth going to somewhere even colder than we uh, currently are. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, Cara, how are you doing? Good, yeah, I'm not doing too bad. I am. Um, I'm in training for well, early training for a half marathon at the in September, um, and it just hurts. That's my experience so far. So, just trying to crack on and minimise the amount of pain that it causes me for the next couple of months. And so, presumably, you'll be prepped and ready to be our representative at the marathon march as well. Well, either that or absolutely broken and in no shape to walk again. So we'll see which way it turns out. Okay. So you heard it first. If you want to start sending donations over to Cara, she will be forced into doing the marathon march as well. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Thanks. You can push me in the wheelchair if it will go. Oh, speaking of which, I don't think we can do this show without discussing what was definitely the best bit of entertainment football-wise over the weekend. And that was the uh, the Chelsea fan that got knocked out by the West Ham fan. Um, so I stopped following um, all of the Palace chat, you know, people ripping into Brighton, rightly so on Twitter. I got into a real rabbit hole. Um, now, for people that don't know, essentially this young Chelsea fan um, was filmed really starting on what seemed like a fairly quiet old guy from West Ham. His son took offence went over to this guy who was screaming in his face, punched him in the face and floored him. And the next video that people saw were the uh, the Chelsea kid, uh, blood all over his face, having been cleaned up, um, being wheeled out uh, by uh, St. John's Ambulance or someone. Uh, now, we're not condoning violence in any way, but uh, it was it was very entertaining evening to be on Twitter. Um, obviously did see some footage of the West Ham fan being carted away by about seven police officers as well. So I don't think he got to see the game. So nobody won. Um, but this is just a lesson for people. Don't just start on people at, at football games. It doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't make you big. doesn't make you clever. And now millions of people have seen that guy look like an absolute idiot. <clears throat> okay, shall we get on some Palace stuff then? Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the Palace women's game. So, I mean, they have had, let's describe it as a tough time recently, but... Uh, a 1-0 home victory against Durham, Cara. Yes, indeed. Very uh, very well needed, I think, to get through the rest of the season. It was starting to look a little bit um, like free-fall, I think, with results going the way um, they have been going recently. Um, so it's our first championship win in four games. Um, and it was uh, Annabelle Blanchard with a header for the goal. Um, look, I didn't get to see it, but I looked up the um, stats and it was a very, very close game. So possession, 52% Palace, 48% Durham, seven shots each and three 
three shots on target each. So just that header that kind of clinched it and was the difference. Um, leaves us sixth in the table. We were um, e- uh, equal on points to Durham going into it. Um, got a little bit of a way if we we're going to try and catch Charlton, who are four points above us in fifth. Um, but, you know, who knows, can go any direction from here on in I think um there's a week off next week uh, so next game is in a couple of weeks time another home one so if you're available get down um and we'll be taking on Sheffield United in that one so fingers crossed it's a beginning of a bit of a turning of the tide for us yeah I hope so it's such a weird set of stats played 13 won six lost seven still got a, a fairly bad <clears throat> goal difference as well so that's that's probably worth a point it's you know what? What really matters is being in the top four, um, and yeah, I mean it, it, it's going to be tough for him. I think. Um, one, one thing to add: I wish I'd saved it when I saw it the other day. So don't quote me on this, but I did see a stat last week that um, Fran Kitchen, our goalkeeper, has made the most saves in the whole of the championship. I think, or is or one of the. Um, goalkeepers making the most saves. So considering quite how bad our goal difference is um, and that stat combined, uh, yeah, it just is a bit all over the place, I think. But we do have to remember that we kind of changed almost our whole squad at the beginning of this season, started off pretty well. Um, so, you know, if we can make it to the end of the season without another kind of bad run of results, then we can just put this one down to kind of bed in that new squad in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to see it, the um, Palace player has got Decent set of highlights on that game now. So um, it's great that they're, they're doing that. Um, okay, and let's talk about the under-21s. So they're playing Leicester tonight on the night of recording um, in midweek. There was a late winner from Wales Morrison um, that saw Palace beat Braga 2-1 um, and progress to the next round of the International Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's great. I, I, I wanted to quickly touch on... The European stuff because there's obviously rumours again about the uh, the new European league plans for the first team as well that could see you know pretty much the entire of the Premier League playing in Europe. So um, Patrick, do you want to do you want to talk about the under twenty ones and then do, do you want to talk about your thoughts on you know are you against that? Would you just like to see Palace in Europe by default because just about everyone's going to be in it? Thoughts. Um. Uh, as as uh, we're recording now, the they're playing Leicester. It's one one. Well, Wilson scored another goal today, by the way. So currently we're third in the table. Um, I like the idea of that international cup that we're in now. Um, Paddy, I watched some comments or read some comments from uh, Paddy McCarthy about it. The experiences these kids are getting, kids like Morrison, Wells Morrison, who's like eighteen, nineteen years old, um, it's been invaluable. I think it's really, really helping them to develop and become better players. Um. You know, guys like Joe Whitworth, et cetera. So I think that's a great idea. Pivot into the 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 league. I I don't see how that even benefits Palace now. I, I watched a couple of the Sky Sports reports when it first came out last week. I guess it was Thursday, maybe Friday. And my 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 question is: Is there going to be? There's there going to be no relegation. So what exactly is the point? So so obviously, you know, a team like Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City will always be in that top top tier. You're figuring, like Everton, they survive. Everton, uh, I'm trying to think of another team, mid-level team. Uh, Everton, Newcastle, let's say, would be like mid-level. And Pass would be like in that bottom tier. But what's the point? Can you get promoted out of that bottom tier to the middle tier and then eventually to the top tier? What if you get relegated from the Premier League during that season? 
Are you relegated from that Europa League? So it sounds like a great idea because, like you just said before, Mike, I'd love to have to be in Europe at some point anyway, anyhow. But I don't think that league makes sense to me. I think it's just the guys for them to eventually just leave their respective leagues, them being the top team, they'll never come back. So I don't really like it, honestly. Well, the, the weird thing about it would be suddenly you're talking about teams like Palace with what are fairly small squads compared with the, the larger teams, maybe playing another 12 games in the season. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure they'd enjoy the money. I'm sure they enjoy the revenue, etc. And we'd all enjoy a random trip to Moldova or something, maybe not Moldova. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But I think there needs to be a, a little bit more thought. Interesting stuff, though. Interesting stuff. Uh, quick Loney watch. You want to cover that as well, uh, Patrick? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Killian Phillips scored a goal in a 3-2 win over Shrewsbury. <laughs> there are now three points off six. Uh, Rob Street played also. Uh, Raksaki's on a roll. Um, even though Charlton lost, ha-ha, 2-1. He's got his fourth goal in five matches, which is great for him. Uh, Malcolm Abue had a sub debut for Harlan and nil-nil draw with Stoke. Um, Luke Plange, who's back from Belgium, had a sub debut for Lincoln in, the, in their win. Uh, Dave Boateng scored, no, sorry, played a 90 minutes for Dover. They beat actually Ryan Bartley's Eastbourne 2-1. Uh, Malachi Boateng played for Queen's Park. They won three, they lost 3-2, sorry, to Greenwich Morton, but they're still in first in championship up, up in Scotland. And my favourite Ohlone right now, um, O'Brien, uh, Molenbeek. I know there's been talk about why did uh, Plange and O'Brien go to Molenbeek. Well, this is why. They uh, ended up first place, top of the table in the second division of Belgium. Um, now they be, they split the seasons now. The top, I think it's the top eight sides now play each other in like a round-robin thing to get promoted to the uh, top division in Belgium where the other teams play to stay in the division. And O'Brien is playing really, really well. Um, part of a bunch of clean sheets for Molenbeek. Um, uh, scored a couple of goals and he's having a great time there. So I'm really happy. So, so far, I think of all of all alone, I've got to admit for the first time in a long time, we've gotten this right. And next season, I mentioned this on the, on our YouTube show with D the other day. I've got to see next season players like Phillips, Raksaki, Ibue, obviously, Plange, O'Brien in the squad, because if we're going to lose eight, nine players, why buy eight, buy five quality players and let's promote some of these kids because they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just, just on that, particularly, I'd say go over to the YouTube channel, have a check on um, player ratings uh, video that's that's on there now. Or if you go to our Twitter, twitter.com forward slash back of the nest, it's the pinned tweet at the moment. So go and have a watch. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Um, I know sometimes pods can be uh, a bit cumbersome for you. So, um, you know, so if you want some shorter stuff on YouTube, please get involved or better still, Listen to us and watch that as well. And you'll see a lot of Patrick. Right, shall we cover the game then? Um, let's try and be upbeat. Uh, we've got some feedback from listeners as well. Uh, we'll start with the lineup. Obviously, a lot of people out, not least very late on. Richard's out as well. Uh, great to see Maka back on the bench. Less great to see Eze on the bench. Um what were your thoughts before the game? Because I was worried, Cara. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the lineup picked itself, which is a phrase normally with con- uh, like positive connotations. But this one was just because, I mean, who else did we have available? I guess, I, unless you wanted to uh, kind of give the new signings um, uh, their first starts, but it kind of feels like a, a big game to do that. So, 
with who we had available I wasn't really joining in the like furor I didn't don't really know who else we like how that would have changed apart from like different opinions on uh playing Mateta over Edward but I think we'll kind of have a longer conversation about that a bit later um so it was just one of those things where I was just kind of like okay cool let's see what happens <laughs> we put out who we can put out it's not by any stretch of the imagination the team in an ideal world you want to see going into this game but like I say, I think with the lack of signings we had in January um, of players that could come straight into the team, I don't really know what other options we had with the injuries that we had. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Um, I, I've got a Palace mate. Uh, sorry, I've got a Brighton mate that um, messaged me uh, the morning of the game, asking me who was playing, who was playing right back, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to put some money on Matoma to score then." I was like, yeah, you do that, you do that. Um, so I assume he, he lost that money. Um, yeah, I, we, we'd run a poll um, the morning of the game as well to ask how confident people were. And I think confident was voted, it was, it was about 10% of people were confident and way over half thought we were destined for a defeat. So um, let, let's point out that we've been getting these these draws um, in this, this tough run and we keep getting a point further away from the relegation zone. So... Um, no bad thing whatsoever, right? I, I don't really know how to. I don't really know how to attack this. I'll, I'll hit some. I'll hit you with some stats in a minute because you've all seen them. They're pretty depressing. But um, can we start with McAllister? Um, I know you want to touch on the 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 challenge on Dakure, and um, I can't repeat what Heskiff asked us to discuss. But he did. Uh, he did put the C bomb into the chat along with a uh, steal of the foul. Um, McAllister for me. Just as much as Sanchez, um, probably our player of the game, especially that header right at the end. Um, yeah, he, he he cut a frustrated figure uh, at times. Um, the challenge, and um, you know, was it was it great goalkeeping? Was was he probably responsible for um, Brighton not putting that game to bed? I mean, Patrick. Yeah, I thought that. Um... Early on, I thought Guaita actually made a couple of good saves on McAllister. But you're right, that header at the end, I don't know how he missed it. Um, so I think we were very fortunate to end up with the point. Um, I'm going to be honest, Mike. Um, we're going back to the lineup. I don't know what people wanted us to do, so I had no problem with what he actually did. I've said it on the YouTube channel. I'll say it, I've said it here. Our squad is just so thin, so lightweight, mm-hmm. just not quality enough. I don't know what people expect, so... To get a 1-1 draw against uh, a team as good as Brighton. And listen, you can we can talk about the rivalry all day. I'm man enough to admit, they're a much better squad than we are. They're a better team. They've got a better manager. Which is why they're having such a good season. So for me, thank goodness McAllister missed that chance. Because honestly, we had no right to get a point out of that game. And for me, Vieira deserves a lot more credit than he's getting for getting that point on Saturday. Because to put together a, a game plan, and I'll quickly talk about it, to get us a point was amazing because, you know, we, we have basically no midfield. We can't pass the ball. And if you watch a game like the way I kind of do, he told Ayu and he told Mateta to make sure that they press Caicedo and Pascal Gross to the point where they had to play the ball in the back between Duncan and Webster and then get the ball out wide quickly to a Stupian or to March. That was the whole game plan. And occasionally it was Mitoma. And because of that change in their stock, they'd rather go down the middle to a McAllister to an under or whatever, it really helped us a lot. So even though, yes, um, we'll get to it later, Mateta did miss or didn't miss, did we have two chances to score, didn't score. 
Uh, I thought Ayo worked his socks off, I thought Mateta worked his socks off. I thought the whole team worked their socks off. It's just that we can't pass the football, save our lives. And that's a problem. But again, the point for me was more than we probably deserved, and I'm happy we got it. Oh, some great points there. That's 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 some quality analysis. Um, let's put this point out that uh, Patrick wasn't actually going to be on the pod, but uh, Chris Clark had to uh, had to had to bail um, for personal issues, um, and that is the kind of insight we get. Um, yeah, I mean, twenty six percent possession. That's that's the that's the well, that's the kind of stats. I I, I still. I still dream of those those heady Tony Pulis days where twenty percent possession was what we were looking for. But I mean, let's not forget that after their goal was disallowed, um, we had we had a period of, of dominance that I was fairly impressed with, um, and I I dared to believe for for a minute. Um, but you know, we, we pretty much across the stats, we we um, we were second best aerials, dribbles, you know, one corner in the game dispossessed a lot more than them um a, a pass success rate of 70 percent, which is um you know without anderson or well, we're not actually playing the long balls that is you know that's low and and credit to them um credit to uh credit to march and uh, i mean i sickened to know that we we released him when he was 13 years old as well i mean um i mean i'm not sickened because you know he might end up playing for us and that yeah um but yeah, I mean, the one thing I, I really wanted to discuss, and it could be I've missed something. Um, you know, there's other reasons, uh, fitness. But um, what has happened to get Ebbs uh, to constantly be a bench player now? I mean, is it is it exactly what you were just saying? The tactics that he went with probably as a and Elise is too much. I mean, what what do you think the reasons are? Um, either of you, open to the floor. I I could be missing something. I could have missed some news. I don't know. I think what well, he was out injured, wasn't he? And, and I think it 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 may well just be the fact that like he's easing back from injury, and the, mm. when he has played, he hasn't been on great for like form enough, come back quick enough to be like, okay, you definitely need to start. And like we don't know the ins and outs of like his recovery. May well be that like he he needed to be eased back in. Gently, I don't know, but I think that like that recovery coming back from injury is definitely um, the most the most recent injury, obviously not the big one, um, is probably a lot to do with it. And we haven't had um, a consistent lineup in that time as well, so it's not even like he could just slot back in and like um, just play the same position. You know, I think it's it's a sign of what's going on in the whole team that he's coming back, and they've got to find a space for him in a team that we don't really know what anybody's. Um, role is at the moment yeah. and just to add to that I think that tactically you know being down Wilf down Anderson down Richard let's just say, I can say down Macca you you needed you needed IU in that game to kind of run around in the middle you could have played him out wide for a schlup but I really believe that if given the opportunity he's going to play schlup over as a 9 out of 10 time for wide left because he'll track back better and uh, that's what um, we needed against Brighton. I think going forward, I think the opportunity for him to play wide left is still there, also as the number ten. But I think it depends on the on the um, on the um, opponent. And that's why that's why I want to give credit again to Vieira. I think what he's done is he's realized, you know what we can't play what we played last year when we were when we had Gallagher as a pressing machine. With others even last even Mateta would help out pressing last year, which is amazing. 
But this year now, it's a different style. He's basically gone horses for courses. If you're playing Brighton, you play this way. If you're playing Man United, you play this way. And he's getting points from those. Playing Newcastle, you play this way. I think if he, if he had his choice, he'd play differently. But I really think he just feels like, based on your opponent going forward for the next, whatever, 17 matches, I'm going to match up and do the best I can to get points. I think next season, give that man a squad, you'll see something much, much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think you're probably both uh, spot on there. I'd be really interested to see um, what team he selects against Brentford. And I'm, I'm very happy that I've got myself a ticket for that as well. I shall be joining the birthday boy for that one. Um, do, I mean, the offside goal has been discussed to death. Do, I mean, is there anything we can add other than... Uh, I, I mean... Very funny. Just to laugh at it. I mean, all I can say is that by the sound of what I was hearing on TalkSport while I was driving today, um, between the Arsenal game and, and this game, um, I think it's it's meant that they've really shaken things up. You know, they, they've they've got a couple of people out of there. I, I just don't understand how somebody can be paid to do it. And at times, overturn what has been better refereeing games. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just... I, until until they somehow get an ex-professional in there, I I just don't see it changing. But you know, it's very funny when it's when it's for us. Um, but you can see next week that something's going to happen the same against us, and then we'll be very pissed off. So um, also the, um, sorry, just to jump in, but there was also yeah. a uh, Suchet Campbell that. I mean, I was watching that game live and I have no idea how that wasn't given because it was so clear. And the fact that like that's be- that's not really being talked about that much because of how shocking these other errors were um, says everything about what weekend it was for, for officials, I think. So just to jump in on that, just as a funny thing. So I watch AFTV a lot. I don't know why. It's only funny when they lose or don't win. So today they had they had a they had a show on, and at the beginning of the show they had a, a skit of how what Lee Mason was doing. They had him playing FIFA <laughs> during the VAR, and that's why he missed it. It was so funny because it's like you know this is what we're getting to. Guys are watching, they're playing FIFA instead of watching the game and drawing the lines. I mean, obviously he wasn't actually doing that, but it was just so funny. And at this point now, honestly, VAR's got to fix up because it's so it's embarrassing now. Courage, right? Mm. I watched the, I watched that Chelsea game and I'm like, how is that not a handball? And I don't even like Gallagher anymore. But he deserved, yeah. he deserved to win a penalty on that, on that play. And I don't understand. I thought when I saw it first that Estupian goal was good. I don't know what they saw. I'm like, he's onside. I even, I'm like, oh my God, they called it off. He was on. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the, the Brentford game, Arsenal, I was laughing. I was like, again, I, I can't stand Arsenal, but they've got to fix something because it's really, it's a mess. And it's, it's embarrassing at this point to the point where if it costs Arsenal the title, it will be funny, but it's going to be a major problem. Yeah, yeah. And the point the point was made on Five Live earlier uh, when they were discussing this that like it's used so much better in tournaments. They don't have like as many of these like massive issues. Yep. Um, yep. I don't watch loads of European football, but apparently it's used in in uh, European leagues much more. Um, well, much less controversially than it is here. So it's definitely something that like the humans in this country involved are getting wrong rather than the technology itself. Oh, absolutely. Let's not, let's not blame VAR here. Let's, let's blame how it's put, put together. Uh, at the time of recording, uh, Liverpool have just gone 2-0 up against Everton. So my 6-1 to one bet on Everton is uh, probably off. Um, yeah, let's talk about some injury woes. I mean, there's not been news to my knowledge yet on, on, on Hughes, but, um, 
that's not good. That's not really something that um, that's not really something we needed right now. Other than to say, Lukonga is you know it's good to see him get a debut, and uh, you know he had nearly a half worth of football. So away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, quick comment from both of you on the state of our injuries, but on what you thought of, uh, of his performance. Patrick. Injury. Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. You carry on. You carry on. I checked in with um, our good friend uh, Matt Woosnam earlier just to see if there had been any update, but uh, there wasn't any kind of questions asked or about it in the press conference post game. So probably uh, the earliest we'll hear about it will be the um, uh, post match press conference that happens on the Friday, I believe. So unless anything is released before then by the club that's probably the earliest we're going to find out uh what condition he's in yeah i think honestly at this point um that's a position we can actually afford an injury you do have ahamada now you do have lakonga you do have maca back so as much as i I do like the job that hughes has done um in parts is when he, you know getting the, the starting job next to um to Corey, i think that that's a one spot we can afford it we need to get our center halves healthy and of course get wealth back is to me is more important right now i would only i'd only say on that i think it is well it's a shame anyway but i thought hughes has had a really good game up until that point like the kind of errors we uh saw him making against um manu i felt like he'd kind of ironed out quite a lot in this game um so i would be like if he doesn't if it's not one he can bounce back straight away from then i think that's a real shame because it looked like he was kind of gaining some momentum in that position in in a style of play that we've all kind of agreed that we need so hopefully if he can bounce back and 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 be back for Brentford then he can keep that momentum going um because we don't know obviously what what shape Mac is going to be in when he comes uh does kind of make his first appearance back on see this has been out for for so long yeah I was going to say is that is there any news of any guesswork on exactly how fit he is but I guess you know literally no match practice in a very long time so um, he's, he's going to have to use him very, very carefully, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. We, we, we do have that's that is probably one position that we do have some extra players in. Um, yeah, I mean, Lukonga, were, were you were you impressed? I, I, I like I like him. I mean, I think that he'll fit in with Decore quite well because of the way he played with. Um, the Arsenal. Oh my gosh. Uh, Thomas Partey. He plays well with Partey more than he did with another player. Um, I also like Ahamada. Honestly, I'm looking forward. I mean, he's very, very young, but I'm looking forward to him. He's a permanent signing. I think he's got a lot of legs about him. He's, he can pass. He's got a lot of energy. I like him too. But I think Lakonga, 
could possibly start. I agree with what Cara just said. I do have to admit, Lou Hughes has come in. Hughes has played well the last couple of matches. It would be, it would stink to have his momentum broken by an injury. But I do think Lakonga uh, can play with Decore. So I think either way, I think we'd be okay for Brentford. We have other issues, unfortunately, besides the midfield. I think for Brentford. Yeah, I, I just I'd be interested to know um, see him for a full game. Just just see how well he um, he marshals and shields in front of the in front of the back four. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. As if if he's playing, if he's starting on uh, on Saturday, I, I I don't think I'm going to be worried. Okay, so um, so we, we talk about both goals then. Um, the Brighton goal. I mean. Yeah, talk us through it, Kyra. <laughs> oh, why? Um, <laughs> I, it just was annoyingly like a good goal. Um, and the thing that's no, 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 don't, don't, don't say that. It was. <laughs> let's, re, let's rephrase that. Let's start again. Let's start again. Rephrase that. Annoy- no, I did say annoyingly, but the, it annoys me the most because when, especially when I watched it back. I thought, oh, these are the kind of goals that we used to score. Like when we used to score goals, that thing that like a team's supposed to do, um, like and not because the keepers dropped the ball. Um, you know, we were quite good at them. Um, and we're not anymore and it's been a while. So, yeah, just annoying. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it, really. I think it was a, it was a good goal and that makes me really sad, even sadder than them scoring it in the first place. <laughs> Patrick. Um, my only comment on the goal is that um, if you watch Tariq Mitchell play a lot, you'll see that goal scored against him quite a bit. He falls asleep at the back post a lot, which is a shame because he's not a terrible... He's actually a very good one-on-one defender, much like um, Juan Basaka was. But on crosses, he just falls asleep. Uh, as Kara said, though, listen, man, Estumplian had a great game. That was always coming. He scored the goal that was called off in the first half wrongly. And he was putting crosses in all day. And Sonny March was having, a, was having a great game. Listen, both those players had great, great games. And it's a shame that um, uh, that we did give up that goal. But to be honest with you, I, I, it, it was coming. I'm watching that game and I'm behind my, I'm behind my sofa uh, just, just hoping they wouldn't score that goal. And eventually it did come. Like, luckily, we bounced back and got our equaliser. But it was a good goal by them. I hate to say it, but it was. Yeah, to be honest, both of their goals were pretty good, albeit there's you know the error from Schlupp. Um our goal, I mean I wouldn't even say it was a particularly good ball in. <laughs> um but um what I will say is um I don't think Tompkins has been given enough credit for uh how quickly he latched onto that how powerful and well he headed it. Yes, it's an open goal, but we've seen many times those cleared off the line. Um, a lot of credit. And then his reaction to scoring as well. You know, some uh, iconic photos taken after the uh, after the goal. Um, you know, him kissing kissing the badge, grabbing his shirt, screaming at the homestale. Um, yeah, I mean, considering, you know, I was a bit, well, I think we were all a bit down that Richards was injured just before the game um, after how well he'd been playing recently. Um, and obviously Tompkins, you know, had a rough time of it getting sent off um, recently. So uh, I've, got to, I've got to give him a lot of credit. Um, am, I, am I giving him too much credit there, do you think? Or No, I'm actually so glad that you said that because, and I haven't said this anywhere because I didn't want to, like, fuel the already wildly negative um, comments around this game but I do wonder how many of our forward players slash strikers 
would have not been able to score that, <laughs> like would have not reacted that quickly, would have been like, oh God, oh, seen it too late or whatever. I feel like you could just like copy and paste any of our other players into that position and maybe it could have gone a very different way and just been very like embarrassing for the keeper, but they got away with it. So I think it's a point really worth making, especially for a player that hasn't really played that much football. Like we talk about kind of match fitness and whatever else, you know, he stepped in at no notice whatsoever and he found out in the morning um that he was going to play and he was absolutely ready for it so and yeah like the celebrations were great what I didn't notice until I watched the game back that um Vieira didn't celebrate the goal at all <laughs> I don't know why but he just kept a very straight face and was just like okay cool um but it was lovely as well seeing the huddle at the end and seeing Gay he saying whatever he was saying looks like something to do with uh keep your minds focused or whatever um but it was nice to see that kind of togetherness and um that we didn't kind of fall apart after the the, the joy of getting an equaliser, which has happened a few times before. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd go along with all of that, and obviously add that we've barely touched on him. Um, but the the voted man of the match for Palace was Guaita, um, who's had his critics recently. Um, you know, probably on this show, it's, it's been mentioned that you know maybe his best days are behind him, but probably had one of his best games in recent times in a Palace shirt. So um, there are there are positives to take from it. I just, uh, I think that mainly we're disillusioned at how, how good Brighton actually are. Um, before we get to some listener feedback and, and cover some thoughts on Mateta, anything else you want to add, Patrick? No, not really. But just going back to your Gawaita point, which is a very good one. I mean, sometimes you have to give credit for a keeper earning a team a point. And I think this is a perfect example of it because, again, Matoma, McAllister, I believe Solly March all had great chances to score additional goals, which they didn't because he made very decent saves. And so credit to him. I'm, I'll am i be honest with you, the only match that got me upset all season with him was the Southampton game because that was a joke of a goal he gave up in the FA Cup. But even solid all season, he really has been. He hasn't got enough credit for it. But he's actually done a very good job because, let's be honest, we're not the most attacking side in the world. So... Have a keeper like him has been uh, quite important for us this season. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, he's keeping he's keeping SJ out of uh, out of goal as well. And um, a lot of people thought that he might be on his way to be number one. So um, yeah, uh, good stuff. And I'm, I'm glad he got the uh, got the man of the match. Um, he's a, he's a man that clearly. Uh, needs a bit of confidence to, to to really to really play his game, especially with the short passes that he does. So um, it's great to see. Right, some listener feedback, and this will uh, bring us on to a point that I know you wanted to discuss, Patrick. So Luis Garcia on Twitter. Um, let's cover all of his points. It's sad that we're playing like this against Brighton, but what's more sad are the sleepwalking into relegation crew. Um, I think he's probably referring to the people that are now worried, saying that you know. We're on our way down, we're looking over our shoulder, that kind of thing. Uh, I did hear stats the other day that we were 17-2 to two to be one of the relegated teams. But we're in a bad patch against the top teams, but we're not being beat. So I'm still hopeful for a resurgence when we get to easier fixtures. I'd put easier in uh, in air quotes there. but um, And then he's just added, don't play Mateta. So, uh, Cara, if you want to comment on the, the first bit and then... Um, if you want to talk about don't play Mateta, Patrick. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, I think we're in a bit of a classic Palace period and maybe it's the same with other teams as well, where people's memories are just quite short. I I feel like maybe the 
uh, World Cup break hasn't helped because this season feels really long. Um, and going into that break, we had a really like bad performance against Forest, um, and then obviously came back with our first game back and played really badly. So I think people's kind of negativity around how we're playing has stretched for kind of a longer period of time than maybe um, the number of games we played in that period suggests. Um, the whole relegation thing, like, I'm not. I know it's not mathematically impossible, but I don't really understand why people are so worried because if you kind of zoom out a bit and just look at the fixtures, and I think what Patrick said earlier was is a really, really important kind of point to make, is that going into this period of fixtures, people were saying, like, how are we going to get through it? God, it's going to be awful. I'm surprised if we get any points from this run of fixtures. And we have. Like, it hasn't been the most inspiring football to watch by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, we haven't seen that, like, exciting football that we wanted to see with having, like, Elise and Ebbs and whoever else. But he's worked out a way to kind of maximise the chance we do have of coming through these games as unscathed as possible and has picked up points. And I think if you were to see just that on paper... Or if if we were to have seen that on paper before we went into these fixtures, we would have been quite buzzing about it, to be honest. But for some reason, as we're living it out in real time, like you read the comments and we'll get onto the forward reviews. You could read those forward reviews and thought that we'd been beaten about 4-0. Like we came out one all and like a couple of weeks ago, we got a point against Man United, like two teams that are in really good form. So I don't see that we are anywhere near relegation. Um really, um, considering we're in this kind of tough run of fixtures. I agree with you, Mike. We, I, I don't know if there are any fixtures in the whole league that you could look at and be like, this is a certain win or a certain draw or definitely not going to lose. But that's the way that the whole league is at the moment. I don't think there are any teams who could look at their fixtures and say any team that they're definitely going to beat or definitely going to lose against. So I think we just got to ride it out. We just got to like try and stop being so negative, um, if possible, um, and and see where we end up in a couple of games' time. So, Jean Philippe Mateta, um, I get that people um, don't think he is very good, but let me start by saying on Saturday's in Saturday's match, Brian had seventeen shots. We had six. Of those six shots, two of them were by Jean-Philippe Mateta. If you watch a game, had Adam Webster not made two brilliant blocks, he could have scored two goals, okay? He doesn't get a lot of chances to score. We are probably, I don't have to stand in front of him, which I did, the lowest chance created creation side in the Premier League right now. Neither Mateta or Edouard create uh, get chances to score. What happens is when Mateta gets that head at the back post versus Man United at 2-1 down and doesn't score it, Oh, he stinks. He's terrible. This season, he has one goal in 18 matches. He's only had four starts this season. Four. Brentford, Newcastle, Man United and Brighton. Last season, he scored five goals in 23 matches, but it were five goals in 13 starts. Scored against Norwich, we won. December. Arsenal, we won. Wolves, we won. Watford, we won. And then he scored in that 3-2 debacle against Everton, which we lost. He also scored two goals in the FA Cup run. Millwall, when we were down 1-0 to tie the match. And then he scored the second goal in the, in the 4-0 goal. Quarterfinals against the semifinal against, with, against, uh, against Everton. That's seven goals he scored last season. Now, it was a very small window. We're talking about from December to, to May. That's a pretty good um, 
output for a goal for a, for a goal scorer. No, he's not prolific. He's not. He's not Mbappe. All right. So my point about Mateta is criticize him all you want, and I get it. He's not been great this season, but it's not like he started twenty matches and has one goal. He started four matches. We're expecting this this person to score goals off of a half chance, a one one in two chances. That's not how football works. Edward now. Last year, scored six goals in 18 matches, 28 appearances overall. This season, he's got three goals in 12 Premier League starts. Uh, he scored against Chelsea, a loss, Leeds, a win, and Southampton, a win. He also scored goals against Oxford in the uh, League Cup and the Southampton in, a, in the FA Cup loss. Again, he's had more chances than Mateta. For me, clearly, he's a better uh, goal scorer, finisher, whatever. But even he's not producing, again, because he doesn't get the opportunities. Can we give them both? Well, let's not, I'll put it this way. Let me see them in a side that creates chances, and then we can judge them. Because I'll agree, this season, neither been good enough. But if you look at the entirety of their careers at Palace, it hasn't been as bad as people make it out to be, because this season, you can't judge them. You just can't, because we don't create enough chances. Eze doesn't create enough chances for them. Alise, Zaha has become a goal scorer, not a goal creator. All I'm saying to people is I understand the frustration because I'm as frustrated as anybody, but we've got to give either a chance to those two or get someone else who's, who is going to put away a chance in every two. Otherwise, it's a silly argument to have because honestly, they're not as bad people make them out to be. They're just not. Yeah, and I'll add to that, a lot of the time Mateta's been playing, it's been Edward and Mateta, um, so I, I really don't see what he's going to possibly be catching on to. Um, and then the times that we've gone without either of them, you know, a false nine, hasn't worked either. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure PV's just as stuck for ideas as, as the rest of us. Um, yeah, I mean, he did some great blocks in that game. Uh, the, the first the first shot was definitely goal-bound and it was actually, uh, he just put his entire body in front of it, didn't he, really? Um, yeah, it's, you know, one in four is the, the same ratio as three in 12, so... Um, so there we go. Um, this is a tough one. Um, I've been I've been scratching my head trying to think of one, um, and it's one of those situations you just can't. Um, so I've tried to pronounce this name before, and I'm I say as the vibe. Anyway, thank you very much. Um, hey everyone, can you guys recall? Any of your favourite howlers made by opponents v Palace? We're not talking about Palace making howlers. Can think of plenty of them. Uh, to me. This doesn't beat PVA in stoppage versus De Gea because it won the game in hilarious fashion, but it's close. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I'd forgotten about that, to be fair. Um, howlers. Is that is anything come to anyone's mind that's worse than uh, Sanchez? Might have to come back to you on that. I can't, you know. I can't think of a, a, dropping a ball for a free header at 1-0 up is against your biggest rival. It's hard to kind of compare. I'd have to think about that. I can't think of one that's worse than it, honestly. I, really I mean, conceding a five-minute hat-trick to Danny Butterfield, um, it's, the, uh, it's the closest I can think of. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll have to come back to you on that. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll put it out to everyone and ask, um, we'll ask everyone to reply on that. Um, yeah, Paul Newton. I wouldn't want PV sacked. I don't think any of us words hopefully far from it however if we don't have a striker that can step up from the youth teams now then we defo defo need one in the summer the two we're counting on just ain't good enough i'm afraid okay i think we've covered the last bit 
Um, but I think if, it, if we sort of rephrase that, I think we're basically saying he's kind of hamstrung. Um, we've discussed we've discussed the lack of creativity. I think more than anything, we need to get some more crosses in. Um, you know, is there is there anything to add to that, Kara? The only thing I would add to that, and uh, building on what uh, Patrick said uh, about Mateta, and I think if you're looking at this game, it's a really good example of it because of how many minutes JP got that he hasn't really uh, recently, um, is that I think it was quite obvious that like Webster's job was just to stop Mateta as much as possible. And that's how he was there, right, for those two blocks, for the two shots um, that Mateta had a really good chance with. Um so if you kind of come back from that a little bit, the only way that you get around that is if you're create as a team, you're creating elsewhere so that Webster's either pulled off him and like, you know, if we're against another team, then a different defender um, or like JP being able to pull one defender away. You've got another player who's able to, to come in and actually score. The problem is that we don't have enough people creating, just like Patrick said. So I think there is an argument to say, again, yeah, like two strikers haven't been absolutely great but it is I think a general problem of creativity and we've got creative players so we just need to slot in the other positions that will enable them to do what they must want to do as well like I don't think any of those players on the pitch want to play a kind of 20% counter-attack football Um, so I think it's easy to concentrate on the uh, couple of positions but it is a real kind of whole squad issue I think that's that's causing us the problem. Well, that probably brings us on to the next point. I will say, however, I'd absolutely love to see 20% possession and counter-attacking football, uh, Tony Pulis style, as I previously mentioned. Um, Ian Flux, is PV really getting the best out of these players? The lack of confidence going forward is frightening. Again, probably covering a similar issue. Um, I mean, obviously, you do get a lack of confidence um, when you're not scoring, but I also would say that this that probably was the weakest first eleven we put out since the days of of Joe Ledley. Um, yeah, Patrick. Um, I think Olise is still only twenty twenty one. He's young. I don't know much more you can get out of him. Eze is an interesting one because I think that I think he's still no, it's his second year off the, off the injury. I think you could definitely get more out of him. Um, Edward again, Edward and Mateo just went over it. They don't get quick chances created for them. They're not going to score one in one or one in two as far as chances. Um, and then there's Zaha. Zaha is our, le- our leading goal scorer, and, and he, he clearly he's made him into our best finisher and best goal scorer. What else do you have? <laughs> I mean, you look at, for example, go back to like Brighton. You got a, a left back in his stupid who puts in crosses and crosses and crosses. You got a right side of player in Sonny March puts in crosses and crosses and crosses. You got Mitoma doing the same thing. We just don't do that. You know, our footballs don't overlap. So from that standpoint, I don't know what else you can honestly do to get more out of them. You could only do... The only thing I could say that makes logical sense is when Mateta's in the match, cross the ball. But he's not a great head of the ball anyway. So is that going to create more chances? So I don't... I honestly, right now, I don't think get much more out of this, out of this team, to be honest with you, or squad. Yeah, and what I would add is uh, in the question, lack of confidence going forward. You know, the, the lack of the lack of confidence going forward is is juxtaposed with how much confidence we've got at the back now. Um, obviously, we've got players injured, but if you think how much Gahey, Anderson, and now Richards very quickly have come on, how much guys are playing the short balls out to them. You know, we're never worried about them getting dispossessed, that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, under Roy, I always was. So, um, 
you know, I think I think he's put his stamp on the on the team where he can. Um, okay, let's just finish up with some comments from Richard Evans, a regular regular commenter. Thank you very much, sir. Um, he said, "Should Brighton's first goal have been disallowed? Match of the day says VAR drew the line in the wrong place because Gay was behind Tompkins. However, the more I look at it, the more uncertain I am where Gay's feet actually might have been. So let's let this let's let this debate drift on, shall we? Um, let's." I think I, I prefer to think that it actually was onside and it's just funnier. Uh, should Brighton have got a red card? Uh, simple one word, yes. Uh, anyone want to argue with that? No, excellent. Okay, so uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, obviously, you know, it wasn't the greatest game to watch, so, um, you know, don't want to go on forever. But we'll finish off with a couple of uh, four-word reviews for you. We always put out a tweet after the game asking people to just sum up the game in four words. Um, I will start with the first one, Cara, if you want to cover the second one, Patrick with the third, and we'll go on. So, uh, at Cafe Petufo, just respect the point. At Homestyle, Jen said, poor passing, poor energy. At Kevin Steph, expected worse, so relieved. At Pethos 7, thank God for Vicente. At Gary Tutton 4, I wonder who the first three were, but never mind. Um, Still shit without Will. Fair enough. (laughs) At They Scored None, shots don't mean blank. There's a lot of of swearing here. At Aid underscore C underscore B, squad shortages, lucky result. Mark White with my personal favourite, even though it's only three words and not four. Grand Theft Cellist. How did a three-word review make the cut? Uh, just because it made me laugh, sorry. <laughs> I, I purposely got raging about the, like, 40-word review that one person left, one-word review that somebody else left, but this one made me laugh enough that it made in. At Transporter Crew, we need a striker. Well, a bit late for that now. At Nick Thompson, played shit one point. At Hookmeister G, Shithousery Football Club Masterclass. <laughs> and finally, uh, Renshaw Barker got away with one. So we managed to not swear throughout the entire show, and then there was about uh, six S-bombs during that. Uh, okay, well... Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to the show and um, thanks to the panel. Thanks in particular to everyone who got in touch. Uh, even if we don't cover your comment, it, it helps sh- shape the show. Um, you know, Cara very kindly put the show doc together today, went through all of your comments. So thank you. Keep them coming. You know, if, if you didn't write anything, we wouldn't know that anyone was listening. So um, we don't read out everything, but yeah, we use it all. Please, please don't stop it coming over. Uh, preview show will be back in midweek to look ahead at Brentford away. Excited to go there. I haven't been to the new stadium yet, so that will be good. Be sure, as I said before, to check out the YouTube channel. Uh, DR, Patrick and the rest of the crew that bring you all the usual previews, player ratings, match reactions and the kind of the palace version of uh, the vitriol that you'd only get from... Um, AFTV uh, doing an impression of Lee Mason playing PlayStation. Um, yeah, no, I, I will say DR would not like that comparison. So, uh, yeah, it's tongue in cheek. Uh, but yes, thank you very much. We'll be back uh, to review the Brimford show. And until then, thanks again for listening and come on, you palace.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.